0: This is a fourth-hand production. People who later become spiritualist mediums are often the focus of poltergeist activity in their earlier childhood. I just got to say,
1: I am surprised that there has not been a movie called Poltergeist Agent yet. Because, I mean, that's just, it's low-hanging fruit at this point. It's you just know? right there. I, I know. I mean, come on,
0: people. Just, just a poltergeist detective? Yeah, <laughs> Poltergeist Agent Part 8. This uh, is my case! <laughs>
2: You can't- You're out this. of
0: your jurisdiction. You're <laughs> rapping and knocking over there. Shaking the building.
2: <laughs> Story in the news today.
0: You believe in ghosts and the
2: paranormal? Now are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental uh, I don't know planes man. that they're
0: in Espanola are catching more than just criminals, they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts.
1: This is weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome to Strange Ungles. I am Shane, I believe. I'm definitely
2: John. Uh, I am Josh. <laughs> We're all so fucking confident in what we what we have to say here. I'm so tired I forgot it was Tuesday. I thought it was fucking <sighs> oh, Wednesday man. today. I
1: hate it when you lose track of days. It just, it screws up your whole week. I mean, absolutely does. So anyway, um, welcome back, John, from the, the wide, wide world of Mexico. So Yeah,
0: yeah. Right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, <laughs> I take it was uh, it was cool.
1: You didn't get shot. You look like you got your hair still. So there's that.
0: Yeah, that was a it was a great trip, relaxing, also uh, very drunk, and yeah, that no, was a good time. Ate good food, drank a lot of beer. You know, typical Mexican vacation. That's how you do any vacation, honestly. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> they differ from the other. But uh, no, yeah. that's awesome, dude. That's cool. Yeah, good to have you back. Glad you're here. Um, Josh and I were holding on the fort. Not that it takes a lot, but you know, here we are. So,
0: sure, you guys did a fantastic job. Well, well, you know, we tried. The verdict is out on that, <laughs>
1: but we'll you know we'll see what that looks like. But anyway, but uh, welcome everybody, Strange Uncles. Uh, do you want to throw a quick shout out again for those of you. Hopefully, you're you're caught up with the shows. Uh, we had Amanda from Spooky Eats on last week. And, uh, and just want to throw a quick shout-out. Great to have her on, number one, to catch up. And, you know, we've had her on two years prior. And, and, John, you miss a little bit of it. I'm not going to go too much into detail. But it was really funny because I was looking at the timeline when we had her on before. And I was going through the Twitter chat. And, uh, and it was – she's like, okay, well, when are you guys – you know, whenever you're ready for me. I said, wow. Well, we just got done going through an earthquake. And then like a week later it was this fucking pandemic. Like that was the time we had her on before. So there was a lot of catch up. Oh, wow. Kind of surreal to look back and go, wow, that this, all this stuff that happened, no. you know,
0: that earthquake actually happened on the day. Everything got shut down. Yeah. Cause yeah. Literally was like, I got drunk legs. that night because we, lo- I didn't have a job anymore. And then all of a sudden that earthquake was oh, that's that right. moment. Yep. That's why I remember it so well. Is cause like, the following, like, that day, everything shut down, and then everybody got drunk, or well, I did, and then I woke up in the morning <laughs> to a fucking violent earthquake shaking my house, and I was like, shit, is this, uh, is this, is this better- the <laughs> end of the world? I don't know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I remember sitting up here watching my coffee go Jurassic Park mode yeah, with the aftershocks just on my desk, like, oh, this is cool. I oh, hope shoot. my house doesn't collapse. You mm-hmm. were
1: sleeping through it. I think the initial and and John yeah, and I'm like, I'm I like talking don't know about how. the aftershocks. You know, oh yeah. The after- well, I remember going to John's place and I think it was for the garden or something. But it was like one or two in the afternoon. Open the door and here you are in your fucking robe and you're just like, yeah, <laughs> like nobody had any. You know, we just didn't care. I, it was just a weird. It was a weird time, but uh, but you know, looking back on the chat, which is interesting, we talked yeah. about that a little bit. One thing we did talk about um, that you missed, John, was and I want to throw kudos on uh, out there for Amanda. Is just her, which is I guess ironic because we're recording now. Um, she was doing donations and volunteer work for the uh, Buffalo victims for the Buffalo shootings. She's from Buffalo, New York. Uh, it really hits home because it's her her neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. And so she was raising funds and everything else. And, and uh, so hopefully, Amanda, you know, we promoted that enough for you. And then go figure, again, not to get on the soapbox, but we just had a mass shooting today in Texas as we record this. Um, it seems like this is normal. So, you know, there's that. But anyway. But it was interesting. It was interesting to catch up, and it was really cool. Um, I did have one thing I wanted to share, too, if you guys are okay with it. And then we can kind of roll into the topic a bit. Um, and I'm kind of enjoy. I think it's really cool. I'm enjoying it, but I'm kind of a geek of sorts. So you know, maybe you all might not enjoy it as much as I do. Whatever have you. But check out Daily Dracula. So there's an email. There's a uh, it's a company, and they send these emails out. But what they're doing is they're taking the original book of Dracula, the original novel that came out in the 1800s, and how it's written. If you guys ever wrote ever read it, is a bunch of letters and news journals, things like that. Like that's kind of how the book. Is put together. Um, Yeah, it's
2: basically found footage, but in book form.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Really cool. Like, first of its kind type thing, you know, yada, yada, yada. So, what this Daily Dracula does is uh, on the dates it correlates in the book, and it starts May 3rd, I think. So, I got some catch up. I got to go back and see the old ones because, you know, we're looking at like into May now. But when there's a journal entry or whatever in the book, they send you an email on that exact journal entry and you follow the actual novel via email, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. You know, um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Kind of cool with it. You know, the tech when we got, you know, whatever have you technology, it's just kind of really cool. And it's a nice little tidbit to kind of pull you away from the everyday life in general. You know, you can check out this entry that's in this novel and then they put everything together at the end. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I just want to throw that out there listeners and let you guys know that it's out there. It's called the daily Dracula A really cool. Well done um and so you know looking for more and i think they've got an edgar Allan poe as well that they do so yeah it says yeah. it's uh
0: happens between may 3rd and november 10th there you go yeah and that's yep. that's
1: when the book entries happen um so yeah we're out to november and stuff like that uh um,
0: nice.
1: anyway yeah so. yeah check it out guys if you want to listeners check it out uh really kind of cool you know so i'm kind of part of that you know we gotta we gotta have something you know Bright in our in our world, <laughs> that
0: we going on around us now. Yeah, that's a that's a really cool idea, actually. Just I like, thought you're, so. Like really digesting Dracula as if it's just some. I don't know. That's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind some of cool little spin. news
0: story. Yeah, yeah. Like just seeing it actually progress.
1: Well, what's funny is that you know how many people really have read the novel.
0: I I mean I haven't. I've always through. wanted to, but. I saw the movie,
2: figured that was good enough. It's <laughs> pretty good. It's a quick read.
0: That's Is it? A, yeah, Is it? you'd
2: probably It didn't take me very long to read it at all, so you'd probably get through it in like two fucking days if I hunkered down. Yeah, right. it's like it's not like typical Victorian writing where it's like super flowery prose that's hard to Yeah, talk see, to I can't read same.
0: that. I can't read that type of stuff. I tried to read like a uh, Henry David Thoreau once. Yeah, it's just like it's tough. <laughs> I'm like, well, maybe I'm a touch too stupid to probably understand his concepts and just like the way he writes. I'm just like, yeah, no one speaks like that anymore. Yeah. And Dracula is not written like that.
2: It's it's pretty straightforward. That's good. Like, no.
1: Yeah. It's not real like Frankenstein, which I always want to read that, too. And I picked it up and I tried. But it's the same thing. It's that Victorian lingo that you just you can't quite grasp on to what it is you know but again yeah. it's a classic so you know i mean and it was written so you by the first f- you want to read it but oh god okay i got better things to do i gotta milk the hogs i gotta you know <laughs> there's that so
2: you guys are crazy i read dracula at work one day or not dracula frankenstein like oh really? literally in like one day I, I think it's it was just like hard. John
1: said. I think it's just how it's written is like, I, I just, man, it's hard for me to concentrate on stuff like that. But kudos on um, Mary Shelley, you know, for putting it together. She was one of the first, uh, and it was on a bet if I remember right. I don't know if you guys know the history but I think yeah, it was Yeah, like- they
2: were all stoned out of their fucking gourds at some retreat, having like a little writing contest because she was married to fucking, I can't remember his first name, but. Some famous poet and like they were hanging out with Lord Byron and shit. And, mm, that's right. And they had like they all got fucked up. Probably had an orgy or two. Uh, decided to have a little writing contest, like who could write the spookiest story. Mm. And Man, uh, that's Shelley just wrote. crushed it. Yep, absolutely.
1: Now badass. I mean, think about that. I'd, like to be a fucking mouse in the corner in that conversation.
2: Well, there, if I right. remember right, like they she wasn't considered like a writer at the time. She wasn't. Maybe, She's never like, written. Like, yeah,
1: she yeah. was like, well, they, she was kind of, well, and in those days too, you know, women were belittled. I mean, they really weren't much for you know, where talent they may have. So she really proved. Yeah, i be pretty sure along, there
0: was a lot of you know. misogyny uh, with like not You're wanting not her to write and no shit.
2: Way.
0: <laughs> Funny you should say. No, I love that guy. Well, wasn't no, it or, crazy? Yeah, I don't know. Who cares? We all know the story. There's a movie on it with fucking Dakota
2: Fanning. I'm pretty sure too. About it. There was an episode of the Highlander TV show about it, too, where the Highlander, like, inspired <laughs> Frankenstein. Oh, really? Because she I saw them have a Highlander duel. Good God. Saw Jesus Christ. How do you fucking pigeonhole
1: <laughs> stuff in it's other stuff? I just uh, That's great. so
2: funny. Hey, it's not me. It's, it's the, the wonderful lyrics. writers of, of the Highlander. The Highlander writers. <laughs> the
0: the great A <laughs> writers from Highlander, the TV show. Oh my
1: god, that's hilarious! Yeah, well, there you go. You know, check it out for yourselves, listeners. Um, you know, speaking of writing, by the way, we've got uh, something up here. But do you guys have anything else on your side before we jump into it, or do we want to just no, um, no, jump into the fun?
0: Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I mean, we can speculate on what happened when Mary Shelley wrote the Frankenstein novel.
1: We can. I don't know. I know how, how long that's going to, you know, the <laughs> Well, I think you I heard
2: something about, I don't know. <laughs> Listenership is dwindling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sure. As people shut everything off. Well, speaking of writing, speaking of old-timey, you know, on top of that, um, you know, we've had different subjects here and there. One thing that we haven't really delved into this season a lot is back to the whole um, paranormal Genre, I guess, you know, when you're looking at ghosts and spirits, things like that, you know, sometimes we save for Halloween and sometimes we have like spooky. It's Amanda was a great, fantastic what she's doing with her write ups and her books and stuff like that. But we decided to jump down a topic that we talk about. We've talked about it and we're going to I don't know, boys, we're going to try to make it fun. I think the best we can. If this is fun, you know, we'll see, um, you know, because we really haven't touched bases on it. We've mentioned it here and there, a few odd cases, you know, yada, yada, but we've never sat down and said, OK, this is what it is. This is a breakdown. So with all that being said, we are going to go ahead and dive down the road of poltergeist hauntings, right? I'm sure you guys heard of them. I hope I seen the hit movie series. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh man. That remake was awful by the way. I just cannot wrap my mind around that thing, but yeah, teach your own. Um, but with the poltergeist hauntings, you know, we did some research in regards to, uh, what it is. You know, we want to basically, we want to start with properly defining what a poltergeist haunting is. And, and again, you know, we've talked about ghosts, things like that, but it's interesting and unique at the same time, because there are certain factors that seem to, we, not always, but most of the time, fit into what a poltergeist haunting would be because it is, it is its own genre. It's over here on its own thing. You can't classify it as anything else, and that's what makes it really interesting. Um, so we're going to roundhouse that a bit, uh, and we're actually going to, I think, really deal more with the psychological and the mental aspect of it because that's really what drives people – that's what makes these cases. I mean, it, it's it's really mental abuse from the inside out in some of these cases, whether you believe in it or not. And maybe at the end of the you know the episode, you guys believe in it. Maybe you don't, you know. But we're gonna we're gonna throw some stuff out there and um, see what you guys think. So join us as we walk down the road of poltergeist hauntings.
0: Open the gates. Let's start breaking down the definition and origination of it all. From the German words poltern, meaning to make sound or to rumble, and geist, which means ghost or spirit. Put it all together, and we have poltergeist. The word poltergeist has long held a haunting grip on society. Depending on which history you believe to be true, the poltergeist phenomena can be tracked back as far as the first century A.D. Jesus. Although many cases have leaned pretty strongly toward being a hoax, there have been a few cases in the past uh, that was very hard to actually debunk. There have been many scientists or researchers in history that have put their foot forward to try and explain what was going on behind the scenes of a poltergeist haunting. One of the very first investigators into this phenomenon was Frederick W. Myers. He stated, among others, that the poltergeist is very explainable, and he doesn't go down the road that they are evil spirits or ghosts whatsoever. Uh, Of course, there are always two sides to every coin, sometimes four or five sides, to be honest. (laughs) So researchers on the other side of the spectrum, such as Nandor Fedor, devoted most of his life to the study of poltergeist hauntings. And according to him, quote, every time there is a haunting, there was also a very unhealthy psychological atmosphere. Hmm. To add a deeper definition, Alan Kardec, the founder of Spiritism, said, Poltergeists are manifestations of disembodied spirits of low level, belonging to the sixth class of the third order, twice removed third cousin from the dad's side. Just joking. It's big. so fucking but, dumb. But being so specific, though, I mean, my god. Yeah, okay. but uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but classifying poltergeists as part of an order is pretty wild. Also, how does he, the sixth class of
2: the what is he even talking about? I feel like I just watched ghostbusters or something like we're talking about evo shandor oh yeah you're
0: right right yeah Yeah, so uh i don't know if alan Kardec is uh knows what the fuck he's talking about but uh, you know whatever but under mr fodor's explanation they are believed to be closely associated with the elements of fire air water earth which makes them or classifies them as part of the natural world
2: Ah, rumble spirits. That's, uh, that's what I say when my tummy's acting up. I was going to say that's, spirits. <laughs> that's
1: exactly, man. I ate something bad. It's gotta be a poltergeist. <laughs>
2: uh, so the vote's still out as far as what it all means, obviously. Um, but a few things that clearly define a poltergeist haunting are, uh, that it almost always involves a female, usually a young lady. And studies have shown that most of the time the young woman has had some kind of trauma, or unhappy childhood that literally draws the haunting to them. There are very few cases where this isn't actually the case, and and it is like statistically true that if it's not of adolescent female, it's an adolescent in general. In ge- yeah, most one, of the time, one shape. Which
1: is fascinating because it's like yeah. you know. Then you tie it into puberty, you tie it into this other stuff. And I used to always hear, and and again, it's a theory, but you know, people that claim they've saw ghosts. They usually see them before puberty, and then when they hit puberty, or have it kind of goes away. And they don't really see it anymore. I so you know the two go hand in hand. It seems you know, but again, it's not always like that. But it seems like you know that that might be the thing. Um, another thing on this, a poltergeist is usually, and again, usually loose term, a uh, not seen but heard. Uh, This is when the noisy part comes into play. Things being thrown across a room, knocking, shrieks. Uh, These are all poltergeist tendencies, but there's rarely a manifestation that is actually seen. Along with the noise or things thrown with the whole poltergeist package, there's also physical abuse, and this is where it gets, you know, sticks out from every other case necessarily. Uh, Scratches, bruises, bite marks, things disappearing and showing up somewhere else later, horrid smells, etc. This is usually the case, but one of the stories we'll talk about uh, it did actually manifest a bit and was seen, not only by the person that it mainly affected, but her family as well, and this is rare in a poltergeist haunting, and one of the reason this specific case still falls in the poltergeist realm is the violence that surrounded it, and more the physicality thing, more you know than anything else, uh, but we're going to cover that later uh, but the physical interaction is really the key to, to what a poltergeist haunting really should be so,
0: yeah, and Hauntings usually run on a timeline, so regardless of how these hauntings start, they always seem to come to an end. Uh, cases have seen to last sometimes a few short months to a few years, but rarely do they linger around in the house or location that the disturbance is happening in. Rarely. But again,
1: you know, votes out on all this. This isn't science, but it's, you know, close as we can come to it.
0: Uh, the
1: last thing here, they're always attached to an individual, not a place. We have never stumbled on a case where someone had talked about a house having poltergeist activity. You know, they sell the house and the new owners, they take over the title, the deed, and then this fucking poltergeist in their house. That just doesn't happen. Usually that doesn't happen. But again, you know, there's one-offs there for this whole thing. Uh, So after centuries of research and trying to rationale this whole stigma, uh, there is one thing that most institutes studying the phenomena do conclude, and we'll break that down into four of the most plausible ones. And again, these are highlights. You know, there's some one-offs here, but uh, these really are the ones directly from the experts that that they say, look, these categories, this is what we're going to focus on,
0: so
2: yeah so we've got natural explanations in some cases phenomena may have may be explained as a misinterpretation of natural events for example noises in the walls or cavities of a house may be caused by birds or rodents noises and vibrations may also be due to wind underground water sources airlocks and plumbing or earth tremors and the list goes on Uh, puddles and flooding may be the result of leakages or condensation Estimates suggest, however, that the natural event events account for only a very small percentage of reported poltergeist phenomena, less than 2%, actually. See,
1: I like how they actually say that, though, that they they have done the studies enough to put some percentages in there. So you can kind of see that sliding scale of, like, you know, they're not saying completely that it's poo-poo and it's not a thing, but, you know, it possibly could be. But here's the percentage of it could be from what we've studied I don't know. You know. Kind of, I do kind of, want to know
0: who's conducting these studies. I do too. I want to be on that and team. <laughs> so they have a database, and they've who has confirmed that only two percent or less. Uh, there's so when I was putting this together, there's three different uh, groups that
1: did that, namely the, the original ghost hunters that we talked about out of England. They're one, um, and there's a lot of them. That, and they all estimate that that's kind of the same percentage, give or take, uh, when yeah. they look at these things. You know, and again. Well, You know, numbers vary, but that's a good baseline.
0: Yeah. Well, and then we have the uh, spiritist explanations. Uh, Traditional systems of belief usually assume that poltergeist phenomena are caused by mischievous or malevolent spirits, ghosts, or demons. Oh, demons. In some cases, these spiritual entities are believed to possess the victim or what the professionals call a poltergeist agent. All right. So poltergeist outbreaks are therefore met with fear and with attempts at magical or religious remedies involving ritual prayer or exorcism with the advent of the spiritualist spiritualism movement in the 1840s. And uh, we kind of did an episode on that a while ago. Mm -hmm. uh, Poltergeist manifestations came to be understood as attempts by departed souls to communicate with the living, perhaps with the aim of resolving unfinished business or to seek release from an earthbound state. The spiritualist approach to poltergeist, therefore, generally involves establishing a channel of communication with the departed soul by holding a mediumistic seance. In these seances, the poltergeist, or spirit, may apparently reveal its identity using a system of coded raps. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> I knew somebody was going to do that. i was just fucking waiting. <laughs> or through voice phenomena, or in writing, or by using a Ouija board. Uh, interestingly, people who later become spiritualist mediums are often the focus of poltergeist activity in their earlier childhood. I just got to say, I am surprised that
1: there has not been a movie called poltergeist agent yet. Cause I mean, that's just, it's low hanging fruit at this point. It's you just know? right there. I, I know. I mean, come on, people. Just,
0: just a poltergeist detective. Yeah. <laughs> poltergeist agent part eight. This uh- is my case. <laughs> You can't. You're out this. of your jurisdiction. You're happy and knocking over that. shaking
1: the building. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking stupid. Who was it? The Fox Sisters? Was that the yes. one of the first ones? Yeah, the ones? Fox Sisters. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: New York, upstate New York.
1: Yep, yep. That's what kind of started it all. Thank you, guys. Appreciate that one. So, uh, and this one is a really cool one too. That I think most people don't consider part of this, but uh, I think it's kind of cool. So psychokinesis. Uh, psychokinesis, or PK, refers to the parent ability of some individuals to paranormally affect physical processes using mental powers. Because poltergeist phenomena tend to focus around the poltergeist agent, again, it is suggested that they are caused by spontaneous eruptions of the agent's Latin psychokinetic powers – as poltergeist outbreaks are usually associated with high levels of emotional stress, it is also presumed that these may amplify the agent's psychokinetic energies until they eventually explode in the form of poltergeist activity. All fun stuff for sure. Um, you know, there's that. Uh, speaking of that, i got to watch that new Firestarter remake. I think that has something to do with the psychokinesis. Right? Um, oh, yeah.
0: Is that, I, out there? is that out? I think it's, it's on, on Peacock. Peacock. Okay, It's on Peacock. Yeah. God, you know... It's too many mm. goddamn fucking things out there. <sighs> also, I keep thinking about poltergeist agent, the movie. And for some reason, I want Jackie Chan to be in it. Oh, well, Jackie classic. Chan, being pretty dope. Poltergeist agent.
1: <laughs> classic, classic. That was and maybe, so
0: awesome. fuck. Maybe this is just a, uh, what is it? Rush hour. Cause uh, also good. now I want Chris Tucker Chris <laughs> Tucker to be the poltergeist. You know what? Nobody's this is still just our rush idea. Hour five poltergeist. This is agent. just rush, rush hour five poltergeist agent
1: wait was there four was there four of those movies there might as well so. that's be. awful oh god i
0: mean they Jesus. they milked it for as long as they could but no they did. Yeah, poltergeist agent is the subtitle to rush hour whatever
1: well done john well done let's sketch that out and make sure i'm glad we figured idea. this out yeah Hollywood, i mean, nothing us.
0: else <laughs> just in case so Okay. Yeah, I know we got a lot of producers listening to the show. So. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, a whole whole basketful for sure. So anyway, <laughs> um, so it has also been suggested that certain environmental factors may amplify the psychokinetic energies of some sensitive individuals, leading to poltergeist manifestations. Uh, in particular, research indicates an association with electromagnetic fields. Uh, the proximity of high-voltage power lines, underground water sources at change of frequency, and with geomagnetic disturbances, which may be caused by solar activity. So, damn, there's a lot of things and factors that could, uh, you know, could be part of that. So,
2: there you are. Sorry, my psychokinesis is acting up. There were sunspots today. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we're there.
1: That's why I'm off. I knew it. I knew there was something.
2: So, Mercury's in retrograde. Sunspots. Uh, I don't know. Something, something God, like that. Mercury Sorry, didn't retrograde. Mean to always kissed me. It. <laughs> oh, it's okay.
0: I'm a Taurus. It doesn't really affect me in this,
2: uh, cycle. You drama queen. God, look at you. <laughs> anyway, uh, psychological and psychiatric explanations, uh, so basically a lot of this can kind of be boiled down to psychological or psychiatric factors as well. Um, they seem to play an important role in most poltergeist cases, often contributing to the stress experienced by the agent, which God damn it. I want to start singing secret. <laughs> agent Again, man. I know. Da, 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 da. Agent man, anyway. sang by Jackie
0: Chan, <laughs> not understood nah, by no, anyone. I'm you know, Jackie Chan has like a shitload of records
2: in China. That just is not shitload of records. He's, no, he's like a huge like pop star also. Yeah, he's like just know that. an icon over there. Wow. Oh yeah, in many forms.
1: Right, you learn something new like a lot He's like of, their David yeah.
2: Hasselhoff but like talented. Dude,
0: he he's got a lot of records like he he's he's a huge singer.
1: N- not to sidetrack, but I, I was a kid when I watched David Hasselhoff sing on the Berlin Wall and it was awful then and I knew it but I couldn't put my finger on why. It can't get much worse. I mean Jesus, the guy. I don't no, know. No, I'm I'm comparing
2: why. them but saying Jackie Chan is better. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yes, thank like you. Like they've, yeah, they've they've got had out. similar arcs, both action stars, but also, you know, singers. Oh. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Yeah. But you know, still Jackie can't Chan get is that better. scene out of my head. Ugh.
2: Oh. <laughs> so anyway. Berlin wall aside. Uh, most poltergeist agents are young children or teenagers who may be struggling to cope with the onset of puberty, with family tensions and other interpersonal conflicts and difficulties or with physical, verbal or sexual abuse. Which is all pretty bad shit. I mean, uh, I think we can agree there. Yeah, agree. Um, in many cases, the poltergeist outbreak is preceded by an in indif- sorry, by an identifiable emotional or interpersonal crisis so basically like parents are getting divorced maybe creepy uncles coming around you know
1: yeah yeah like, a lot of that stuff in these things you know
2: or just plain old like we moved to a new house right as the child is starting puberty and shit's just weird yeah it's, it's, yeah it's yeah i wonder around.
0: if these kids are just fucking creating it and they're just uh, that's the powerful psychokinesis. That's yeah. the thing. See, I lean towards basically that. Basically,
2: their emotions manifest. They've just got like yeah. crazy angst, and the, yeah, like somehow crazy they're just and,
0: able to tap into something fucking nuts. and, yeah, and a yeah. higher than normal PK ability. And yeah, bam. well, and again, now not to now change. all of a sudden you, sh- you got fire starter. <laughs> go, back to fire I
1: was going to say <laughs> one of the reasons I'm dragging my feet on the remake is because guess who is the dad. Zach, David Efron. Hasselhoff. No, close enough. Jackie Chan,
2: <laughs> Jackie Zach, Chan,
1: <laughs> Zach Efron. And I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't Zach Efron. Yeah.
0: Uh, how's he still being cast? The guy I from scrubs.
2: Know. No, no. The, the guy from high school musical. And uh, yeah, yeah, he was in that. Oh, movie uh, the neighbors. The he's in the neighbors. Uh, yeah, he's that's him. Sexy man.
1: Yeah. Seth Rogen's
0: neighbors, right? That guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I really know do anything it. about High School The Musical. That I'm. Are you sure,
1: John? I hear you singing. i to it at night. But um, <laughs> just saying, Baywatch. No, I know I,
0: Baywatch movie with the Rock. I know who you're talking about now. It just took yeah. me a second. I was thinking of the Scrubs Zach. That fucking. Oh, nerd.
1: I don't think I've ever seen Scrubs. Eh, it's
0: a show. I hate that show. I've seen it a couple times, like, like somehow, it. and I'm just like, Good eh, God, how did this enough. get anywhere? Well, anyway, we're sidetracking. I digress. <laughs> so.
2: At the end of the day,
0: (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day, all this is fine and dandy, but just because it's a great way to approach it, we're going to dip our toe into this whole thing and focus mainly on the psychokinesis and psychology or mental aspect of this, which I think is kind of the most interesting uh, aspect of it as well. Uh, There have been hundreds and hundreds of cases covered throughout the ages, some debunked and some still floating around the proverbial mist. Some of the cases have been sensationalized, such as the conjuring trilogy that covers the infield case. So we're not going to go down that old dusty road, but instead we're going to cover two separate poltergeist cases that have been buried in time for a bit, both dealing with the typical factors mentioned above and what we think accents the psychology or mental aspect of it all. And I think the two um, cases that Shane has brought here are uh, there's one in particular is, pretty fucking terrifying I, when i read through yeah, it like if yeah. if it is to be believed i that's just like, the key right. well, yeah. well yeah. fuck that i
1: could <laughs> you fucking imagine oh my god it, it's crazy well and again that's why you know i think we focus on the psychology the psychology the mental aspect because that you know you can t- all day ghost through this ghost through that but man when you have something that's literally drilling into your psyche That that's some scary shit. And you can't control it. You don't know what's going on. Again, you know, believe it or not, believe it. But if it truly is the case, um, yeah, horrible. So we are gonna go ahead and get into the first case, but first, we're gonna take a break. Stand by everybody.
0: Believe in UFOs. Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain. Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates.
1: All right, everybody. We are back. Uh, we are going to start with a case that's actually fairly old. And, and you haven't heard about this. It's very interesting. It took me a while to kind of dig it up. Uh, this is a case called the Amherst Poltergeist. Uh, the year was 1878 in Amherst, Nova Scotia. A young Esther Cox, barely 18 years old, is brutally attacked and almost raped by a friend of the family named Bob McNeil. That piece of shit. Fucking uh, hell, Bob. Yeah. Fuck, what are you thinking, Bob? Uh, he was a shoemaker and Esser was eh, kind of somewhat day in the guy, evidently. So the story goes that while on a carriage ride, McNeil stopped the carriage in a secluded area, got out and pulled a gun on Esser and asked her to get out too. Uh, another carriage came coming down the road, kind of spooked Bob a little bit. He got back in. He agreed to take her home. So, you know, I guess disaster overted, you know, kind of, sort of. Uh, shortly after the beginning of a cruel and dangerous poltergeist attack, was witnessed and recorded by many. The Esser Cox case is a very strange scenario. It's filled with mysterious paranormal phenomena, deep psychological trauma, and what a person's state of mind under severe duress and mental instability can do, which I fuck I can't imagine. So yeah. So here we go on this one.
2: Yeah. So Esther shared a house with her sister Olive. Uh, Olive was married to Daniel Teed and uh, lived together with their two children, Esther's two siblings, and Daniel's brother. So, Jesus. you know, hey now, hey now, <laughs> it's a crowded house now. <laughs> anyway, uh, you're Same. welcome. Um, although it had plenty of rooms, the house would at times become even more crowded as Olive and Daniel, because there's get, a fucking poltergeist <laughs> boom. Boom.
1: on top of that. Right. End of story. An okay, unwanted guest
2: along with the paying ones, uh, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Olive and Daniel would rent, uh, rooms out for extra cash from time to time. So yeah, um, there were people coming and going also, which by the way, would kind of make the house a little bit of a liminal space. Kind of uh, like a hotel. Yeah, kinda an attachment. Uh, which right. makes makes for thin boundaries between uh uh the the real and the unreal, so to speak. Yeah, anyway. Good call out, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. Thanks, George P. Hansen and the trickster and the paranormal. <laughs> um it wasn't until after he attempt or sorry, after the attempted rape of Esther that the residents of the house began to see and hear strange phenomena. Esther had suffered minor cuts and bruises from the attack, but this was nothing compared to the psychological scarring it had left. And these were some deep ass scars, uh, needless to say, cause you know, that kind of shit's very traumatic and bad. Yeah. Uh, if you don't know, ask any woman in your life, she probably does. But anyway, shortly after her attack, she began developing severe fevers, which at times were accompanied by strong seizures. This was not usual for, or, Yeah, this was not usual for Esther whatsoever because she was always healthy and, uh, had no history of ailments, no history of seizures in her past at all. One night Esther was getting in bed, a bed she'd share with her sister, Jeannie, Jenny, sorry, Jeannie, Jenny, Uh, Jean, Jeannie. Nailed it. Uh, it was late at night and and Oliver and Daniel were in the living room yapping away. A scream made them jump up and run into the room where they found both sisters cowering in the corner of the bedroom. They they started stammering about how the blankets were moving on their own, like something was crawling around under them. They all chalked it up as a mouse and looked everywhere, but but uh, no rodent was found. And uh, uh, I wouldn't be getting in back in that bed whether I thought it was a ghost, a mouse, or something. Like
1: snake. that. If you can't find what's doing it, I, I'll sleep on the couch or out on yeah. the porch. I'm good. I... They can have the bed tonight. Yeah, even if it say. was a
0: mouse, I'd be like, well, I'm not sleeping in there tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. Kill that bed. Kill it with fire. Uh huh. I'd almost rather sleep in it if it was a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> it's a
1: lot, a lot easier, dude. Honestly. Less gross. At least
0: ghosts are sanitary, and they're not taking little ghost pellet shits. I, I was going
1: to say, I've never seen a ghost turd. Knock on wood. Yeah. So Maybe. There's no, that. You don't know that. Oh, they're true. Invisible. I could be sitting what if in you're the walking, walking down out.
0: the street and you see what you think is dog shit, but that's actually a fucking spectral turd. Casper, Very you
1: much son of be. a bitch, you're shit on the side of the sidewalk again. That's when he no, relapsed no, and went back into his drugs, his drug
0: days. Casper's awful, awful drug days. He's you know, like, dark have days. you seen the
2: housing prices? Like, what do you expect me to do? A ghost <laughs> can't even
0: afford to get into a place.
2: It's yeah, awful. you know it's bad when a ghost can't afford to haunt. Yeah.
0: <laughs> How much do you want?
2: Fucking inflation, man! Oh (laughs) God! Anyway, (laughs) sorry Um, everyone. (laughs) The same scream. All right, class. Are we ready to move on? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) Yes, yes. I've settled down. I'm sorry. Ah, it's all good. The same scream was heard the following night when Olive and Daniel burst into the room again. They saw an old box which was full of strips of fabric strewn across the floor. Apparently, there was a strange noise emanating from the box, a loud noise which had awoken the girls. And no, it was not a front fart. When (laughs) Esther reached underneath their bed to pull out the box, it jumped by itself and landed in the middle of the room. Taken aback, the girls saw the box take a second leap up into the air, spilling everything out of the box. Onward to the third night. Esther decides to turn in for the evening early. Uh, she'd been feeling pretty crappy that day and needed, to, and needed some sleep. Hours after laying down, her sister decides to turn in for the night. Also, uh, she gets into bed and within minutes, Esther jumps out of bed, screaming bloody Murdy, bloody, bloody Murdy. I don't know. Bloody Murdy. <laughs> some Ooh, bloody Irish Murdy. Slang, hey, hey, I dated her in high school. It's, Shush. It's a bloody Murdy. Anyway.
0: I... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> shiver me Timbers, it's a bloody Murdy. Calm down, the Jacks pirates
2: bro. were screaming bloody murder. <laughs> um, uh, Jenny snaps out of her drowsiness and finds Esther in the middle of the room. Eyes bulging out and squins, squin, and skin swollen. It's and bloody murder and uh, squin. Bloody murdy squin.
1: Cool name for a band.
2: Uh, Esther is screaming, what's happening to me? <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty fucking scary for sure.
0: Yeah, Holy shit. just yeah, waking yeah. up, Ugh. feeling all weird. Yeah, and just gross. Oh, just swollen and hot. All your squin and your fucking bloody murdy,
2: bloody murdy all, all over, over the you. place. All yeah. your squin feeling like it's gonna fall off your body. Ugh. Well, uh, she was then hit
0: by a wave of convulsions that dropped her to the floor. So not a not a good night. Oh. Uh, not not a good night at all so again olive and daniel came into the room to find esther shaking on the floor while attempting to help her four thunderous claps resonate throughout the house shaking and rattling everything in it uh, everyone is paralyzed with fear they have no idea what's going on and immediately after the sound stops esther stops shaking and falls into a deep sleep like nothing happened which would uh, be that's normal yeah insane what are you to do hear. yeah if I heard thunderous like I think thunderous claps are some of my most, I do not want to hear that. I, 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 you know
1: what? The wife and I were talking, like, we had lightning storms last night, and she's like, Oh my God, I, I hate that. That scares me to death. I go, Yeah, lightning's bad. No, the thunder, y- you mean the stuff that can't hurt you is okay.
0: <laughs> there was that yeah. conversation. <laughs> like, actual thunder doesn't bother me, but like, I think after that earthquake, just the way the like just a thunderous in your house it's shaking on top of that i told you guys about the fucking people that banged on my door in the middle of the night that doesn't help
2: and it just made a thundering sound like that it's it's a very unsettling sound when it when it sounds like it's right on top of you it's really scary and i think not because you think it can hurt you but more because it's like startling where's the fucking lightning
1: yeah, 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 yeah. You're looking for the follow up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. I mean, like
2: what's what's coming first, but it's still like, What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> what's coming now? But yeah, well that was this red right on top of me. Mm.
0: So after that they all stand around the bed, confused, terrified, obviously. Esther's skin is returning to its regular color and swelling began to go down as well as everybody's anxiety. So for three days Esther's asleep and bedridden. Which I imagine you'd be better in go for were sleep for three days. Yeah. So After during the this time <laughs> down under yeah, you would be. <laughs> during this time there were no strange or bizarre issues that happened prior, but by the fourth day when Esther started to come to a little for four loud thunderous claps shook the entire house. Olive and her husband decided they needed a second opinion or at least a fucking break from all the weirdness. So they called in local physician, Doctor Carrite. Dr. Carrite made it a point to document the case from the beginning, which is smart. So his first night there, he witnessed things that would be indicative of high strangeness. That night in the Teed residence, Dr. Carrite jotted down in his journal, a strange incident in which Esther's pillow moved from underneath her head, seemingly pulled by an unseen force. Fuck
1: that. You know what? Okay. You know what? I did accounting on the side. That's going to be my new profession. Hope you guys figure this out. I'm out of here.
0: I, I I couldn't, I don't know. I I'm just couldn't do that. Ugh. Yeah. If if Oh, if I, if I witnessed that, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, in his notes, uh, the doctor mentions that Esther's hands were in plain sight and that there was no visible form of trickery that could have moved the pillow from under the girl's head. However, as the night gets darker, so do the events. Dr. Carrite wrote down the presence of loud sounds of banging emanating from underneath her bed. Again, checking for any signs of trickery. Dr. Carrite was at a loss for an explanation. Mm-hmm. Moments later, he heard a sound which sounded to him like a metal piece scraping against plaster. What, what he wrote down next changes the tone of the entire case. And this is, if this is true, if it's like, true, yeah, if this Holy is shit. true, this is terrifying. So, A few feet above Esther's bed on the plastered wall, he watched as letters began etching themselves, forming letters that are a foot long. The message was clear and ominous. Esther Cox, you are mine. Sexy. Holy shit.
1: No, you know what? And again, lean back on accounting. I think that would be my go-to, especially after I watched that happen.
2: You know, if it's believed to be true. This is just all the rage of like, you know, expressing your love to your lady friend. And yeah. your demon, is yeah, that, like yeah. fuck a diamond, like make <laughs> letters magically appear yeah. on the ceiling. Yeah, become, uh, dude, what dude, these poltergeists yeah. is just misunderstood?
1: What if he really cared for her and he just, just you know, didn't know how to do it?
2: Pretty and pink. Jesus Christ!
1: Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the frightening ordeal uh, wasn't enough to keep the good doctor away, so thank God. Uh, he returned next the next day, only to fill his journal with all kinds of random, unexplained events. Potatoes being hurled across the room by unseen hands. Spon- potatoes? Potatoes. Spontaneous fires erupting throughout the house, and the thunderous claps had returned. Go figure. Uh, this time they were heard coming from the roof of the house. As the days passed, the paranormal events continued. Knives and forks suddenly flew across the room at high speeds. Dogs and cats playing with each other. Uh, jamming. now, nah, make them the dogs. cats. Was
2: was her sister just on the roof twerking? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, is that what the thunderous
1: claps were? God, I
2: fucking hope A so. sister twerking in 1878.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get down here right now, Missy. Nobody even knows what that is yet. Um, they jammed themselves on the walls at times. Talk about the knives and the forks, not the twerking. Uh, (laughs) Lit matches were said to materialize out of thin air and land on the beds. Furniture was moved and tossed around when no one was in the room. For Esther, the poltergeist activity turned from annoying to life-threatening, which is where most poltergeist cases end up going to uh, go figure. So, witnesses claim to have heard the sound of a heavy slap, only to see welts rising from Esther's face, turning her whole side of a cheek red in seconds. Something was now physically harming Esler. Uh, feeling guilt, she decided to move out of the crowded house and into a more comfortable one by asking her eldest sister and her husband, Captain James Beck, uh, which I find funny that, you know, that was in there, uh, permission to move in. So while staying miles away during this time frame, no strange phenomena was reported at either location. It seemed that whatever was frightening the teeds, it had vanished as quickly as it had manifested and seemed that Esther was the catalyst of it all, even though she had no issues staying at her other sisters whatsoever. So, um, after feeling that everything was okay, that everything had returned to somewhat normal, she returned to Amherst. One Sunday, Esther decided to attend a mass, as one does, especially when you're haunted by demons and spirits. Loud knocks and rappings. Where do you think you get them from? Right. Let's not go down that road, but we really should cover that one of these days. Um, I I still don't know why the Catholics have a book of exorcism. Why do you guys have a problem with this? Nobody else does. It's always fascinated me. Anyway, you know, beside myself. Uh, Loud knocks and rappings kept interrupting the otherwise peaceful Sunday sermon. As the preacher tried to keep doing the sermon over the noises, Esler began to feel more and more embarrassed as everyone stared her direction. Uh, everyone in town knew about the strange goings-on inside the teed house, and Esler, trying to save face, got up and excused herself from the mass. Soon after, the noises ceased and the mass continued in peace. Go figure. That's that. So She's fucking
0: mm-hmm. lucky that she was born 100 years later. Uh, yeah, maybe, no
1: shit. She could be a witch, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe she, she was that, that
2: during the mass. Uh, I'm just cutting a rug. Yeah. <laughs> cutting a rug. Yeah. Oh,
0: anyway. anyway, I'm surprised she wasn't just like, like run out of town. Because I mean, you know, I, I, what, yeah, I mean, was I mean, like 1878? Yeah. Well, like, it was. I mean, people weren't that open-minded in 1878. They weren't, but this is Canada too. So Nova Scotia, yeah, yeah, it might have changed. Yeah, kind of scenario how is, eh?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know, maybe that changed how things are going. Now if she was in a European country, I yeah, this, this might not be uh well might I not think have been with, like
2: spiritualism being kind of all the rage in this time too, that probably like people had a little bit different attitudes to it. Yeah. Than they did like John was saying, maybe a hundred years earlier, definitely than two hundred years earlier. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you yeah. well
1: and the thing is with the whole spiritualism really uh run rapid in America, not anywhere else. You know, a little bit in England, a little bit, you know, on the other side, but we kind of took off that whole thing. So, mm. uh, but yeah, you know, she could have been like way, way before this. She would have been burned at the stake, I'm sure. You know, born oh, in the wrong yeah, place, yeah. wrong time. You yeah, know, done deal. So,
2: yeah, crazy. Yeah, it would have been, she would have been medium rare or perhaps well done. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Esther's welcoming back into the Teed house was a bitter one go figure strange her back. yeah i don't understand That's weird. at all yeah. <laughs> i want to go oh, hello uh, esther fuck, can we get uh, the your sister wrong what the with fuck the, is the captain's on? fish and chips why why are you back here
1: yeah. Yeah. aren't you working for finger hut can't you go do the amway stuff that you've been doing and just leave us alone is that cool
0: yeah no.
1: nobody surely out. there's
0: an apartment available to rent <laughs> right <laughs>
2: Oh, speaking of funny social norms, women were not allowed to live on their own. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. the activities continued and even escalated to a more sinister level. One of the neighbors had gone over to the Teeds to hang out, as you do in 1878. <laughs> uh, the neighbor, a young man, was playing with a pocket knife when it was suddenly ripped out of his hands and flew straight into Esther's back piercing its blade deep into one of her shoulder blades, which sounds uh, real rough. I'm, I'm not into that. Mm. Um, other things that occurred were unexplained fires that erupted around the house. Knives and forks were thrown by some entity sticking violently into woodwork. And sewing pins appeared from nowhere and were jabbed into Esther's face, which... Jesus Christ. Hellraiser, anyone? The first one? Oh, yeah, ah. We will show you such delights. Anyway, um... <laughs> All of this was the last straw. Uh, I'm not sure which part of all of this, but part of it was definitely the last <laughs> right, straw. Right, exactly.
0: I would. I'm going to go ahead and guess that sewing pins uh, stabbed into the face. That would be my. I, last I would straw. say that would be the
1: okay. You, you, the straw of the buff camel's back. I, I can't. I can
0: take the pocket knife, yeah. fucking piercing my back in between my shoulder blades. I'm iffy
1: about the pocket knife personally.
0: I, I mean, you know. I'm not happy about it, but I'm saying the last <laughs> straw is sewing pins. It doesn't my make
2: my Monday, face. but yeah. well, I'm yeah. just wondering if they think she's doing it on purpose. Well, and <laughs> so that's what so I the... want this. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for Esther. Oh, Why do you keep sti- yeah. sticking needles in your face, dummy. Jesus. <laughs> fucking stupid. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the family knew that whatever this force was, it wanted Esther to itself. Once again, she moved out of the house and moved in with a friend of the family, Arthur Davidson. Uh, not long after moving in, the barn caught fire and was destroyed. Arthur, being the fucking stand-up family friend that he was, <laughs> believed that Some Esther shit. was behind the arson and had her arrested. As you as, do. As one you does. Know. yes. What are family friends for? Uh, Esther was convicted of arson and sentenced to four months in prison. She ended up serving only 30 days. Uh, after she was released from pre- from prison, Esther's life returned to normal. The poltergeist seemed to have vanished for good. Esther married twice and passed at the age of 53. One of the reasons we have such a record of what occurred was Dr. Uh, Carrite and his mm-hmm. notes, and also a man by the name of Walter Hubble. Uh, he had heard about what was happening and, ins- and insisted on being able to rent a room from the Teeds, even though they were trying to keep people at bay at this point. So, you know ambulance chaser much yeah right there's that like uh early
1: early ted warren and and, uh, well and i never could figure out so i tried to look up this walter hubble he've only he only from what i can gather he only had one book this was it what you're gonna get into um this wasn't even his field his profession he just happened to be in the like the right place at the right time
2: type thing i i don't know you know
1: word story there too but anyway
2: read on sorry indeed Uh, so anyway, for weeks, this Hubble guy documented and observed the phenomena as it presented itself. Hubble claims that no form of trickery was ever observed when the phenomena appeared. In fact, in an Amherst mystery, Hubble printed a a signed affidavit with six, sorry, with 16 people who swore to have witnessed the paranormal events that surrounded Esther Cox. Hmm. Even though he made profit from the book, he stood by his claims of, uh, of poltergeist activity until his death on another note about this case is that the word oh sorry yeah the word psychokinesis whether it is to believed or not could be at foot here add to the fact that there is small proven evidence that people with seizures are prone to paranormal activity so you guys can be the judge of all that listeners um what do you think i don't know i'd be interested to know I have opinions. Oh, for sure. Um, There is is another case that involves some of the same factors and scenarios as poor Esther's. And we'll get into that in just a second. I did want to go back to the top of this and just mention that, like, 18 isn't exactly uh, the verge of uh, adolescence or puberty. Right, right. So she doesn't 100% fit the mold of, like, that we established at the beginning of, like, your typical uh, poltergeist agent but, uh, dun, dun, dun. I mean, technically she's an
0: adult, right? Right.
2: Yeah. Well, and, and should have at that point, I mean, people, there are late bloomers and whatnot, but it, it's safe to assume that by 18, she was probably mostly through puberty.
0: I mean, a female True. 1878. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're done with you're done with puberty. Yeah, the, most for likely. The, for the large part. I,
1: I, I mean, geez, sometimes what, back in the, you know, you're having kids like at 14, 15 years old, so.
0: I mean, you've at, probably been married for five years. I, I,
1: yeah, at, at least, which maybe, you know, I mean, maybe that's a factor in it. Maybe she was a little bit of an outcast because she wasn't married, whatever have you. We did mention that usually it fits that stereotype where adolescence, puberty, that kind of coincides, but it's the, um, it's a fact of what possibly happened if it really was a rape from this Bob fucking guy, uh, if that really put things into a tailspin, and and that's the only thing that I could kind of put this together. It's like okay, well that maybe caused this over here type thing, but
2: yeah, well, and I know. think like if she has, so like how am I? I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, but basically, yeah, most people that that experience poltergeist activity it centers around a, a child that's just like going into puberty but it's like most it's not every right yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. i mean like there are exceptions to that for sure and i think something where it's like someone who's maybe like not as socially developed um so maybe it's not so much the physiological changes that they're going through Could but be. if she has like higher than average uh like pk abilities then it might not necessarily be so much the the physiological trauma that she's going through with entering puberty, but the uh, the actual trauma, especially uh, psychiatric trauma she experienced with that uh, like incident with Bob. I, I agreed. You
1: know, and the thing is, anything can be a catalyst. You know, so at this yeah. point, you know, and you're looking at this time frame, you're looking at maybe maybe she felt like she was on the outskirts. Maybe she wasn't, like, she didn't blend in, she didn't, you know, whatever have you. Like, there's all these things that cause trauma in, in people's heads, especially younger, whether she's
2: 18 or not.
1: I I don't know, you know, th- yeah, it's, I mean, it's a weird has, case, you know.
2: If she has a little bit higher than average PK ability, she's living in a basically a liminal space, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, uh, the only permanent people in that house are her sister and her husband and their kids. Everybody else is basically waiting to go somewhere else. Rotating out. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, either here, they're there, there, but uh,
1: yeah, but I agreed. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, the psychokinesis part of it. And again, again, you know, you believe it or you don't believe in it. I, I tend to lean more to, I think there is something about the mind that you, like I've seen small, small examples, not big examples, but small ones that, wow, that I don't know how that could have happened type thing. And then so to have that involved in something like this, i I don't know. I don't know. You know, interesting for sure. So,
0: yeah, it seems like, I don't know. <sighs> like, is there just some weird ass ghosts like search around for prepubescent kids that, have some kind of trauma trying to get in their mind or well like from it almost seems like somehow that it is like created
2: locally from from the child like from what i understand like
0: like almost the victim
2: yeah from what i understand most of the activity is actually coming from the child or at the very least they're like a conduit allowing it to like express itself or manifest you know what i mean but like a lot of times like the reason why it's like seems kind of prankish is it's like, it's not the child conscience consciously doing it, but it's like, it's like, they're basically throwing a mental temp- temper tantrum. Right. Yeah. yeah, it, exactly. It's a, it's a subconscious of, thing. Yeah. yeah That's absolutely. what I was thinking of because you're yeah, an yeah. adult,
0: you kind of control your emotions. You've, I mean, you do the best you can, but like a kid is like, even if they're not consciously trying to do it, they're like inadvertently like have all this like emotion and, built up shit and somehow it's
2: they're being able to project it.
0: And, and yeah, like you, the it,
2: physiological changes they're going through are like pushing it out into like, right. 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 Not just emotional energy, but into like psychokinetic energy that's, mm. they don't know how to control. I mean, honestly, like they don't know the how to control.
0: It, and they don't even realize they're creating it to even control it in the first. Yeah,
2: it's like uh, in the X-Men when kids find out they're mutants, basically. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Like, it's all of a sudden this shit starts happening that they can't control, but they're obviously the, mm. if not the cause of, definitely the focus of. Yeah. You know? Well, and you mm. mentioned
1: earlier, it could be one of those things, too, uh, is. You know, this stuff is, is trickster stuff. It's, you know, a lot of these things that, that it's pulling, like, you know, throwing boxes around, doing this around. Like, it's starting a tenter tantrum. It looks like a ch- you know, if you had a child, they're throwing shit around with the exact same thing. So maybe well, it's like, making you know, things that's...
2: disappear and, and show up somewhere right. else later, right. or like right. the dropping a pebble through the roof, you yep. know, of yep. basically just like, I'm going to be real fucking annoying, but yeah. I'm not like.
1: Yeah. Subconsciously, I don't know I'm doing it, but I'm yeah, still a kid. But
2: it's also the and... kind of annoying shit little kids yeah. do. Yeah. Do you have any know. games on your interesting. phone? Interesting. Very interesting. Watch me do this. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh,
0: definitely a lot of good food for thought there. Well, um, we have another case, our second case of the night. So the case of Doris. I'm going to say bither.
1: That's what I yeah, was saying. Right. Yeah. Bither?
0: Sure. We'll yeah. roll with it. So in August of 1974, skip ahead a hundred years essentially, uh, Dr. Barry Taff, a doctor in psychophysiology, a biomedical engineer, and a world-renowned parapsychologist was discussing issues related to his latest case with an associate while browsing books at the local bookstore. Doris Bither overheard the conversation and approached Dr. Taff telling him that her house was haunted and she needed help. He agreed to investigate and At the time, thought it to be another standard case, no different than his hundreds of other reports, but oh, how wrong he would be. So a little background on Doris before we dig into the bulk of the story. She was a mother in her early 30s with four kids, a six-year-old girl, and three boys at 10, 13, and 16 years old. She had past relationships that were very abusive and because of that had some mental scars under her belt and was trying to drown out most of the grief with alcohol as, you know, unfortunately, a lot of adults do, you know, mm-hmm. uh, myself yeah. included some at points in time. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, But that also caused a, caused a strain with her kids, which, by the way, each had different fathers and it's not a judgment here. It's just one of the facts in the case. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's assumed that she came from an abusive home, but this was never proven, only speculated. and was never really admitted by Doris, just her past bad relationship she had. When she approached Dr. Taff, she was living in Culver City, California, in a rundown house that she moved into August of 74, which sat on Braddock Avenue. When Dr. Barry Taff arrived at her home a few days later, he noted that the home was in a state of squalor. The house reeked of rotten garbage. Dirty dishes were piled high in the sink, and the house was filthy in every way. Oh, I it can't was, handle. It. And, I just can't handle
1: it. I, I made an attempt. I would. My mind would blow up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <But> yeah. <laughs> and I
0: mean, I, I feel like I'm a clean freak, but I feel like you're on a next level uh, than me, Shane.
1: Oh, thank you, man.
0: Yeah, I, well, I guess
1: I don't know. I I, no, <laughs> I mean, not
0: a, I mean, your house is always spotless. So, yeah. uh, so I know this would destroy. a all of us, but it was obvious that Doris was not like fit to perform her role as a mother. And the children were left to fend for themselves most of the time. Uh, In his initial discussions with Doris, Dr. Taff reported that she was the victim of abusive relationships and was demonstrating symptoms of a deep psychological trauma. Although he didn't immediately dismiss the case, these discoveries added to his skepticism a bit and possibly heightened the degree of the investigation, or just simple curiosity on Taft's part.
1: Yeah, and you know what? And let's unfold that a bit. So, literally, the guy's in a bookstore. Yeah, And granted, okay, so he's a parapsychologist. I get that. Maybe you're catching whatever lead you can catch. But, you know, you have somebody random come up to you and go, Holy shit, my house is haunted. Do you want to help? Do I? Like, I just, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, it just seems like a little, eh, you know,
0: but still. I mean,. Uh- I I guess benefit of the doubt like maybe she had a good story and she was very like could seemed to, yeah seemed normal enough and it's like well maybe his caseload at the time was pretty light and he's like all right I'm looking for could something be. like
1: could be very legit yeah, yeah. you know like, know like and
0: then he goes and looks at this fucking disaster I think if I was in that position like I'm a so so called parapsychologist My workload is super light. Get approached by this random lady. She seems put together enough. I walk into that house. I'd be like, and. There's some shit coming south.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't think I pursue it past that.
0: I'm not getting in this world.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, though, he did. And that's the thing. So, you know, he did stay. He did stick with investigation for the most part. Uh, And then shit got real with this whole thing. Uh, He meant the children. And the children, first thing that they told them was, oh, yeah, it's an entity. They call it Mr. Who's It, which all four had claimed to witness on numerous occasions. Uh, he, noted, he noted that their depictions were remarkably accurate, not just matching each other's, but also details commonly attributed to entities from his other cases. Because, you know, that's what this guy does. Um, the kids said they thought it may have been the granddad of the previous residents, but, again, that's just a guess. So on another note, Doris was purportedly attacked and raped. By a violent entity, over and over. This was what she was claiming was happening in the house, which is just in itself. Again, if you believe in it, holy shit, that it's a whole nother next level. Um, her children were also a party to the events in their home. She was beaten, thrown around, sexually assaulted, sometimes in full view of her kids who could see the entities who were inflicting their violence upon Doris, even though they never could see clear features, more of like shapes and blurred mists and things like that. They could never make out like a face or anything like that, Uh, but they could make out torsos and everything, which her son years later actually kind of verified, you know, later on. Uh concerning that Doris had asked for help, what puzzled Doctor Taft the most was that Doris was being very uncooperative during the first visit. Without her help, the investigation could not continue. However, her attitude would soon change a few weeks later, and the phone calls made to Doctor Taft's office by Doris, saying things had gotten much worse and they needed help fast. Over the next several months, investigators attempted to document the claims of Doris and her family. It was believed that there were four manifestations in the home that were responsible for an array of paranormal phenomena. One phenomena observed in the home included many instances of the type of activity commonly reported in haunting cases. Uh, The Bither home seemed to have reached a state of infestation as activity was nearly unrelenting. They were levitating uh, levitating pots and pans. Strange sounds and smells and objects thrown about uh, by unseen forces. One of the most disturbing aspects of the whole Doris Bither case uh, was that the usual poltergeist-type activity, it wasn't usual, um, but it soon became clear that to everyone that there was something truly evil in the house and it, or they, were physically attacking the family. It was believed that three malevolent entities were in the home and were aggressive towards all the family members. Doris, however, was the one who seemed to be the target of most of the violent assaults. Uh, The paranormal activities were strongest whenever Doris herself was present in the home, while the other children were pushed in on occasion, thrown. It was Doris that claimed that one of the entities, the largest one, was sexually assaulting her as the two others held her down. I fucking couldn't even imagine. Uh, And it gets a little worse here, too, with the kids. Um as hard to believe as the claim may have been, there were witnesses to the attacks. While no one actually saw the entity, witnesses did see Doris attacked by an invisible force that punched and slapped her, threw her against a wall as if Phantom Hands was grabbing her. Uh, Doris also displayed injuries common to rape victims, with bruises on her inner thighs and around other sensitive areas of her genitalia. <sighs> yeah, so there's that. Right. I, man, I don't know. I, I, yeah.
2: Holy shit. This is starting to sound more like possession or straight up haunting than like a poltergeist. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, possession, fine line maybe. Right. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, and
0: especially yeah. because again, Doris is
2: clearly an adult, right? She has four kids. Yeah. She's yeah. got a couple boys that are around puberty, which maybe if, I, I wondering if about the, that, I'm wondering you know, if the you know. the kids are causing this. Yeah, probably not like knowingly. And like, that,
0: but somehow doors, because I thought usually it's the, you know, the person that's bringing it on is usually the target.
2: Usually. Yeah. So, well, just, but you know, also just, it's, it's yeah. like usually not just limited to them, but they're usually the focus of it. Yeah. Or maybe right. those prepubescent kids are just fucking pissed at
0: their mom. Hey, you know. Well, you know what? She doesn't I mean, sound like the best mother that, uh, that's about exactly. That's what I'm saying. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it very could be, I mean, it could point to that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. Just uh, fucking crazy. So, well, as the investigation continued, Dr. Taff organized a group of paranormal investigators, as well as pa- uh, professional photographers and camera operators to go to the Bither home and attempt to document the case. The group assembled in Doris Bither's bedroom and waited to record the events. After a period of time had passed uh, and nothing appeared to be happening, Dr. Taft suggested that Doris yell at the unseen entities to try and provoke them to act, because that's always a, that's cool. yeah, that's a, a great one idea. that's what someone does. Uh, hey, uh,
0: Doris, uh, I, I have this one request. So remember um, getting held down by two entities while and, and the and other get raped? sexually assaulted yeah, you? Yeah. Um so nothing's happening. We're all kind of bored, and we're kind of getting hungry. Do you think you could just like yell and uh, curse at them to see if maybe did they'll that, do it again? Can you, you just, call
1: them all a bunch of cocksuckers?
0: Is that we're? Is that we're good? just I'm just throwing this out yeah. there. I'm just seeing if the you know like
1: this is all research. It's scientifically yeah. validated. So <laughs> fucking OG Zach know.
2: Baggins up in this joint.
0: <laughs> God damn it! Oh. Are you bored, doctor? I'm sorry. So can I so I can invited I just, all these
2: fancy <laughs> photographers and now nothing's happening. What are you going to do about it? I exactly. look stupid. Exactly. You're making
0: me look stupid in front of all my friends Doris. Will you Stop yell at my your foot. ghost rapist, please? <laughs> <laughs> ghost
1: rapist. Another, Another cool name for Jesus. a band. So I never even in the infancy of investigating this kind of phenomena, right? I never ever understood why that was like a go-to bait for anybody. Yell at them, call them names, you know, make rile them up, get them upset, and then they're going to come out. I And not from day one. Did I ever think that that was, like, the right thing to do? I, I don't know how this caught on.
2: I, I It's I, people that don't live in that space acting like tough guys trying to say, I'm not scared. Watch this. I Evidently. That's the only like, thing I can think of. Scream and yell like that when you're fucking scared. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, you just sit there and go, like, well, nothing's happening. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just fucking, could you yell at them? Could you, could you
1: kick him the nuts if you can find them? Could you, could you do something? You know, we got money on the table here,
2: people. Yeah, <sighs> pretty
1: much. Anyway. Ugh.
2: As all looked on, a green mist began to form in the room. And before long, a figure could be seen in the mist becoming denser as time passed. It was described as being a large human torso, very muscular without any other features, such as arms or legs. Perhaps it's not surprising that when the film from the numerous cameras was examined, there was little to see, as is often the case with paranormal activity. Uh, Go figure. Uh, The only photograph of interest is one of Doris sitting on her bed with with a strange arc light showing over her head. The light could not have been created by the lighting in the room and is actually above Doris. Uh, not on the wall, as it does not bend with the corner of the room. Despite leaving that leaving that house, Doris claimed that the entities followed her every time she and her family members moved. Doris claimed to have even become pregnant due to the spectral rapes, but medical tests showed that she was suffering from an ectopic pregnancy, which, I mean, Jesus. she had to get pregnant somehow. Um <laughs> As of the late 80s, Doris and her family had not been heard from. The family seemed to disappear from the spotlight and supposedly return to a normal life. I mean, hopefully. Well, yeah, right.
1: I mean, you know, if that's a set, And I was actually going to include the picture uh, that I found. And and it is strange when you look at it. Again, it's not something direct. It's not an entity, whatever have you. But how the light is is like shaping around her. And they got quite a few of it. Um, You don't really know what the source could be. It is interesting. I will say that. Yeah. Again, skeptical, but interesting. So, anyway.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, I feel like I'm looking at that picture right now. I just Googled it. And there you go. I mean, I don't know much. I don't know anything about uh, like photography really, but it kind of just looks like you could make that with a camera. Like, I've seen like live shots of people playing shows, and it's just like the. You
1: know, like I, I've seen that, but usually everything's blurred in the picture, one way or another, rather than the uh, person that's there. Uh, because my mom was famous for that. You know, she'd get everybody lined up, she'd take the picture, she goes, Okay, everybody say cheese and then the minute that everybody's ready to go, she go click and then move the camera at the same time. So every fucking family picture looks like just poor a trigger control.
0: <laughs> it's just awful. But,
1: yeah, I don't you know.
0: know. I think I've seen I I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting picture, but I don't know enough about photography and I feel like that could be created with yeah. a good photographer, maybe. I don't Fair know. Enough.
1: Fair enough. That's yeah. just my,
0: yeah. it's my skeptical brain. I can't accept anything until it's just been like... Pounded in you. Just Literally. proven. Like, I don't know. Picture doesn't prove nope, anything. I get right? it. I get it. So. But um, there's definitely more to this story. Uh, it continues. So in 2009, Ghost Theory conducted an interview with Doris's middle son, Brian Harris, who stated, we all experienced some form of attack. There was the pushing, biting, and scratching being done to us. There were about four entities in the home, and they made themselves known by appearing all the time. I think it took a lot of energy for them to do that. He described the entities as follows. It was always like a fog, like a human, but not quite. During one incident, Brian, who was in his early teens at the time, attempted to intervene in his mother's attack and was thrown across the room. That's Brian has also related that his mother started experimenting with a Ouija board and held seances in her early years and would later mix this activity with drugs and alcohol. It is apparent that she was battling personal demons and may have been self-medicating, but searching for answers from the spirit world. What transpired did little to relieve Doris's emotional and mental turmoil and would push her to the very limits of sanity. Her son, Brian, did also confirm that his mother had died in 1999 at the age of 58 due to cardiopulmonary failure after moving to Texas then back to California.
1: Yeah, and we're looking at, you know, like what, 1974 time frame. Man, that's early. That's early way to die.
0: I mean, 58.
1: uh, Yeah, it's awful. Um, So I didn't have it in the write-up, but I wanted to – I guess not really surprise you guys. But if you listeners are listening, so that last case that we're talking about, it actually – there was a book called The Entity, and there was a movie that was out, and I want to say that there was a big-time director that was involved in it, um, not Spielberg. There's a big-time director, but it was actually, the movie is called The Entity. And I have seen. I saw it when I was young, but uh, it was very, it followed this case pretty close, as far as what the movie was compared to the story. Um, just interesting, you know, for the most part. I, I know there was like Couple books out there on the whole thing, but uh, again, you know, if you were to believe this, holy shit, you know, especially being the kids, you know, and seeing this happen, like watching your mom, there's nothing you can do. You're thrown across the room, you can't get to her. I, you know, I mean that that kind of flips the the chart on everything a little bit for sure, you know. But anyway, um, there you have it. So two stories, both wrapped up: in mental abuse, violence, and mental exhaustion. Literally. Uh, whether you believe in the paranormal or poltergeist to be more precise, which is what we talked about this whole time, it is interesting how these cases follow a template of sorts. Again, like Josh said, not every single time it's the same thing, but there's certain factors and they do stereotype themselves a bit, and they really have for centuries. Uh, these two cases are just a smidgen of examples of poltergeist hauntings, and as we talked about previous, the majority of poltergeist hauntings follow these exact same factors. So you listeners be judge of all this, but... Um, I did want to wrap up and, and then we can kind of go back and talk about this a little bit. Um, when I was a, not a kid, teenager, I want to say I was like 16, 17 type thing. I met her when I was a soft, no, I met her when I was a freshman. So freshman, sophomore, junior. Knew her all through high school. His name was, well, I'm not going to tell her name. Anyway, um, her family, I used to talk to her all the time on the phone because we would, like, we were homework buddies and all this other stuff. And I remember when it first started happening, I'm on the phone with her, you know. Again, quarter phone back in the old fun days, yay! And she screamed, and there was a smash, and and I couldn't figure out what was going on, and and I'm like, what happened? And she's like, oh, the 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 cassette deck just flew across the room, like wherever they had their cassettes at, just got up and just flew across the room. She would have like knives pointed at her when she was making a sandwich, and they would spin around on the counter. It was this old grain silo that I guess a couple older women um, refurbished into a home. And her dad, exact same thing as in a poltergeist, like your dad could not get, he could not get warm. He was always by the fire. He was always pissy. He turned into an alcoholic when he wasn't really drinking any time before that. And the whole family for like two years were just gradually falling apart. It wasn't until her older sister turned 18 and she moved. Uh, to do her own thing, and after she moved, they everything all of a sudden was normal. But they did move out of the house, I think, just to kind of change scenery. So I don't know necessarily if it was a sister, it was a factor, if the house was a factor. But, man, talking to her on the phone, and, like, I'd ask her at school the next day, I'm like, are you okay? What happened? And she'd tell me these fucking stories, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, she just – you could see the exhaustion in her face. You could see she was just older than she needed to be. Um, she didn't know how to help her mom and dad. Like, it was just, it was awful. It was horrendous. Whether it was a poltergeist or not, I don't know. But it had the same factors to it. So, um, just wanted to share that story on, on this episode and kind of tie everything together. And then, of course, you know, you listeners and, you know, John, Josh, you guys be the judge. Uh, yeah. I mean, shit fucking crazy, you know? So, don't know. Don't yeah, know where to go with it. Interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I, you know, I'm I'm a skeptic with all this stuff. So until it happens to me, I think, you know.
1: What are you going to do? Yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if any of this is remotely true, it's fucking terrifying and shit, you know. These are all victims, I get, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, victims yeah. Victims mean, in a
0: certain way. So it's yeah. like, you know, I'm not saying they're lying.
2: Well, I mean, even means, if it's, but... like, not a poltergeist, but, like, a classic haunting or whatever, you know, stage six fucking. Mm. Stage six three, whatever. Calm down, Peter. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah. it's still something that's out of their control that's that's victimizing them. And I, yeah. and I think so, that's the
1: scariest part of it, too, is that, you know, the mind is a terrible thing to taste. And we only use a certain percentage anyway. If there is something in the back where, you know, you look at medium, true mediums, not all mediums, or true psychics, you know, they tap into that little point. Who's to say that, you know, we talk about psychokinesis, that that's not, it's not a thing and and it's just not defined. And if that's the case, then yeah, holy shit, it's going to rock your world. You know, you don't know how to handle it if you don't know where it's coming from. And Mm. so, yeah. 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 Interesting. Anyway, but, folks, yeah, that is uh, Poltergeist. You know, we haven't dealt with that uh, before. We wanted to talk about that. We wanted to find it. We wanted to throw some cases out there. There's tons of other cases. Uh, and not to poo-poo, and I want to go back a little bit. I'm not, we're not trying to, you know, like fucking be snide towards Conjuring or anything like that, you know. But, but honestly, it's still a movie. Same thing with Poltergeist, same thing with these other th- entity that I mentioned. You know, it's still a movie, it's still Hollywood. You know, you take it with a grain of salt. But there is some truth behind it. But if you really dig down, like the newest ones, uh, the Conjuring Trilogy, How the infield went down absolutely was not how the movie portrayed it at all. Like, if you look at actual the case studies and the research, uh, just do yourself a favor and look under that a little bit more. Even if you watch a show, go back and kind of dig into it a bit if you're really curious. And you'll find that there's – it's just, you know, you got to separate Hollywood from real-time stuff. Uh, and, And if nothing else, it's, you know, it's just research on your own end. And, and know what you want to believe, what you don't want to believe. But, uh, you know, when it comes to PK or psycho- psychokinesis, I, I don't know, boys. I happen to lean towards, I think it's possible, pl- very plausible, very plausible. No, oh, I
2: think it absolutely
0: is. You know? Yeah, I, so. I think it's possible. I've never seen it for myself, uh, but that doesn't mean anything, really, because uh, yeah. I haven't seen a lot of things. I've never seen a shark. But I know they're well, real. They oh, don't sharks exist. don't exist. <laughs> Either do birds. Well, I know birds aren't Sorry. real, but I'm pretty sure sharks yeah, yeah. are a thing. Yeah, it's,
2: uh, <laughs> it's yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's basically, I don't know. It's the physical side of of like psychic impressions, basically, right? So, like, yeah, right. even if you could get even just a little bit of uh of actual evidence, that would be really cool. It's too bad that like. Pretty much all the evidence that was gathered during, um, like, uh, the remote viewing stuff that they were doing with Yuri Geller and, and shit is basically tainted because he's allegedly full of shit. But, uh, like,
1: I don't know, man. It's sad. It's sad with that. You know, the whole spoon thing fucking what took him right down the hole. But I'm not going to say that he's not legit. You know, I mean, he was part of those programs for a very, very long time. So, you know something you said about it but
0: yeah i you know. think some of the thing that gives its credence for like psychokinesis and stuff is that the government studied it for that long like i just think that they wouldn't waste their money after maybe a decade went. we're not getting or even five years if well, i was gonna you say study yeah. it for five years yeah, and yeah. you don't get one single result yeah. or like maybe the random like out of no play the numbers game. Like you got to be right a certain amount of times.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, we all know government's going to throw their fucking piss or money away, but not for that long of time that there's not something coming out
0: of it. Just no solid results. I mean, there is something, but honestly, just thinking about all the, like the, the standard usual things about a poltergeist, it really doesn't seem like a, to me, some type of spectral ghostly thing. It's like some type of powerful psycho living in mind, your mind. House. Mind over matter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Yeah,
1: no shit. pre yes
0: yeah. like emotional fucking... Not psycho. I don't mean psycho. I just
1: mean, <laughs> you, you you just know. offended a bunch of people. No, absolutely
2: you <laughs> No, my, no, my favorite pop culture ref- uh, representations of it are like... Uh, Dean Coots wrote a book called, uh, soul survivor. Um, mm. that's like his typical, like horror sci-fi kind of stuff that it basically follows a kid. That's the sole survivor of a plane crash and, and the dude who like rescues him, but then they're getting chased by government agents and there's some kind of psychic force out to get them and like all this shit. And like, basically, uh, I don't give a fuck if I'm spoiling this for anyone. Cause it's been out for like 30 years, but, um, spoiler alert. Uh, and no one reads books anyway. Kind of. Well, they made like a like a three part made for TV miniseries about it. Of, like in the early two thousands, that was actually pretty good. Um, but uh, anyway, it it basically turns out that one of the forces that is after them is the kid himself. It's like his own broken oh, psyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like a mega poltergeist because it's his own broken PK shit that's coming after him. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, like just the demon bear and <laughs> in the, I don't know if you guys watched that new, uh, the young mutants movie, but nobody really that. liked it. I thought it was dope, but, uh, but there's like a pretty good ref- representation of that in there too, where like, there's, uh, this young mutant who's always being chased by this, uh, basically psychic giant demon bear that wants to eat everything and everyone. And it's pretty much just her. It's oh. like, you should, it's a fun Wednesday night. Yeah. You know. yeah, shit. I mean, yeah, that
0: somehow makes sense to me. <laughs> this crazy <laughs> yeah, thing that doesn't all, make sense, sense to you me. Know, you there's know,
1: there's some shit that doesn't. Yeah, I mean, that's very just as much as a good conclusion as anything else, to be honest with you. So, mm. yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, there you go, everybody. There's Poltergeist. So um, we have some guests lined up uh, the next couple weeks. We have some more research we're going to do. Yeah. Um, and then again, want to thank uh, Amanda for coming on. We want to thank actually uh, Thomas Winterton as well. Uh, Skinwalker Ranch, I think, I want to say today or Wednesday. No, Wednesday. New episode drops. I'm like one episode behind. But uh, he was right. It's very interesting, this new season. Uh, getting a lot of feedback from it. Uh, again, this is season three. And they're, of course, they're digging. They're doing some of these other things. So it's very interesting. Just want to, you know, thank Thomas for coming on and, and being uh, transparent with all that stuff. Uh, kind of amazing. Kind of cool, so you know, and we're still trying to get a trip lined up that way. It's just matter getting us all together for the most part. But if you have, you know, we covered a couple cases with the Poltergeist thing. There's tons more. If you have ones that you know caught your eye or fall in the same. Line lane as far as you know, mental or physical or psycho, you know something that's more towards that emotional psychological behavior to make the cases work. Uh, by all means, you can write us at gmail.com You can call us at 45. I hope that's a dog in the background, John, because if that's a rat, I will tell you to run.
0: So I'm jacking my dog off right now, actually. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's a we you do you, to you man. You take we your own path. Him. Don't judge me, everyone. <laughs> I know, right?
1: So anyway, um, thanks, everybody, for everything. You guys got uh, you guys got anything on your side? Nope. <laughs> nope. Just <laughs> flat out. Nope. Fuck you guys. We're done. We're out of here.
0: <laughs> uh, I uh, don't have anything, but Melvin says hello. And he thanks me for petting him. I'm I also. Uh, I wasn't jacking my dog off. I was just giving him a pet. I saw. Yeah, I sure. saw camera. So I've never jacked my dog off in my life, and mm-hmm. I don't intend on mm-hmm. it. Don't be ashamed
1: of it. It's fine. You gotta make
0: a <laughs> belter. So you don't you live like. Well, I'm gonna years. create my dog making a poltergeist in my house because he's fucking traumatized. So <laughs> yeah. I'm not that kind of guy. I don't want to play with fire. Oh, I'm still trying to bond with Spock. You know, I mean,
1: he's a new pup, and I love him to You're still, you got that dog, like, six months ago. Yeah, I know. He's just such a, he's a mama's boy, and.
0: All of your dogs are not
1: really dogs. They're not. They're not at all. So, yeah, no. We love him. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Tony's a. uh, Well, apparently you don't love
0: Spock. I love Spock. You don't love Tony. Oh, I love Tony.
1: Tony's, well, now I love Tony, now we got Spock. So, you know, he stepped up in the level. So there's mm-hmm. that. Yeah. But I will always love Ellie. God, she's so sweet. Love my little Ellie belly. Anyway. Um, so that's all we have. Everybody stand by for guests next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, follow us. Rate us. Hopefully we're doing okay. And um, good seeing you, John.
0: Missed you. Missed you guys. Good to see you. Goodbye, listeners. <laughs> we'll uh, catch you on the flip side. There you go.
1: As he rides off from the sunset. Close the gates, everybody.